listening to the Batman Universe Commentaries, brought to you by thebatmanuniverse.net. Join the staff of the Batman Universe as we watch another exciting incarnation of the Cape Crusader from his extensive media library. Hello again and welcome to the Batman Universe Commentaries and for this episode we are doing more commentaries on the Batman Animated Series. My name is Donovan and today I'm joined by... This is Tim. And for this episode we're going to do a commentary on uh, a season one episode of the Animated Series entitled Appointment in Crime Alley. Now this was Tim's uh, pick for this uh, commentary. It was his idea to do talk about this episode and... Um, I'll predictably throw it over to him because I imagine he has a lot to say before we actually dive into it. So anything you want to say about this episode before we start, Tim? Yeah, this one's actually, it's one of those episodes where when I first saw it as a kid, it was just kind of, uh, it was just kind of there. It was never one of my absolute favorite episodes. Mm-hmm. But then as the years went by and I kept watching it, I just and kind of getting more of an appreciation for Batman's origin story. It's kind of hit me like one day where it's like, man, this is a really great episode because of course, most Batman fans would agree that he has the best origin story of any superhero in comics. I just mm-hmm. love how this episode harkens back to that and just really goes dives into the reason why he became Batman. And just great use of a this character I think is underused a lot, both in comics and movies and different anime series, is Leslie Tompkins. And mm-hmm. they just did a great job of introducing her in this episode and just really showing how important she is to Bruce's life as a kid when his parents died. So... This episode just did a great job of covering that and just, again, proving why Batman's origin story is really the best. Oh, yes. Um, I believe uh, this is the first her first appearance in the anime series. Yeah. Um, or any anime series, for that matter. I'm 99.9% sure on that. This is an episode that I personally don't really go back to a lot. In fact, um, I, I, I imagine that the last time I saw this was when I first got the DVD when DVDs when they came out, like almost 10 years ago so uh i had i, I had to watch watch this again for the purposes of this commentary and uh I, I agree it's a good episode um it's not one of my favorites but it, you know there's so many episodes out there that like <laughs> they kind of blend in in terms of quality but uh we can definitely get into it one thing i do know about this episode is that it is loosely inspired by uh, a particular batman comic from the 70s do you happen to know what that is yeah it's actually uh it's called there's no hope in crime alley Yes. In Detective Comics, blanking on the numbers. I think it was in the 400 somewhere, but <laughs> I don't it know is, what it was in the story. I got it. I got it. It's in the uh, Batman in the 70s collection. Uh-huh. It's the first story. It's uh, There Was No Hope in Crime Alley, Detective Comics, issue 457 by Denny O'Neill and uh, Dick Giordano. Yeah, uh, I, I remember reading it a long time ago, but it's been a while. But yeah, it, it's like loosely based is a good word to use because you can see the similarities in them, but it's not like a... It's like beat-for-beat beat adaption of that comic. Right. It's, it's not like the last commentary where they did uh, the Demon's Quest, which was pretty much an adaptation of the first appearance of Rachel Ghoul. Yeah. This one is more like both this episode and that issue had the first appearance of Leslie Tompkins, and it kind of deals with both Crime Alley and Batman's uh, origin with what happened to his parents. 
So uh, for that, there's the that's the end of that preamble, and um, without further ado, we shall get into it. So on the count of three, grab all the food you want, and um, get ready to press play. We are paused at zero zero, and we shall press play in three, two, one. This is uh, in this first season. I forget which number of episode it is. I know it's in the fourth disc of the first season. Yeah. I think it's like kind of at the end of the first season. It's like maybe the second or third to last episode on there. It's on the screen where like you see like this freaky scarecrow face and killer croc. Yeah. <laughs> as a, that's as descriptive as I can possibly get. It's also, is this the first appearance of uh, Roland Daggett in the series? Or did he appear in the Clayface episode? Um, yeah, Feet of Clay was actually before this one. So. Okie dokie. Yeah, that was another thing that was great about the animated series. It kind of had like all the different aspects of uh, villains or crime bosses in here. You got the mob bosses for Rupert Thorne. You got the super villains that we all know from Batman's Rose Gallery. But then we have mm -hmm. like the businessman type villain with Roland Daggett. Kind of, I guess, like the Lex Luthor of the series, if you will. Yeah, he's definitely, I mean, he's like, like one of the few uh, original cr characters that they put in the series. And um, he's definitely, he definitely fits like, you know, the, philanthropist in the day crime boss at night kind of cared oh yeah this was written by jerry conway who um is a famous comic book writer he created killer croc and jason todd so that kind of has a batman connection there i will say too one disappointment or a little small complaint i have with the episode it's not the best title card i would have used for <laughs> this episode i was i was thinking maybe they could do like something that shows like, a silhouette of Batman or some roses on like the street of where his parents die. Since that's the big thing of theme of the episode, but it's just like a bunch of buildings down, you're know, looking down the street. On it's like eh, one of the weaker ones for a great episode. I thought I kind of like the title card, but like I agree that like it's not as striking as let's say the 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 original issues cover where it had like Batman's face over yeah. Crime Alley. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that was a cool one. But of course we probably know that they couldn't use it like show any of his parents dead bodies on the floor or anything like that no but like they do show a bit more than i was expecting from yeah. the kids cartoon later on it was a pretty cool opening too you see the buildings blowing up in the flames and you just it pans out and you see that oh it's just models <laughs> that reminds me of <laughs> mr burns yeah <laughs> take that quickie mark take that bowler almost take that nuclear power plant <laughs> I always like scenes like this where it shows Bruce in his element, but he's not Batman in the cave. Yeah. I think it's pretty cool. He's, like, working out. I think they only did this, like, once or twice in the series, but it's pretty nice. And also, like, you know, calling, you know, the original name Park Row is really... It's, like, one of those things where, like, you can tell they read the comics because they get into all that sort of lore over the history of Gotham's geography and stuff. Yeah, they just didn't say, oh, it's Crime Alley, that's what it's always been called. Because <laughs> you would yeah. wonder, why is it called Crime Alley? <laughs> why would you name a place yeah. Crime Alley? <laughs> it's like, like the, more street name. the more Bruce hears about Roland Daggett and all this, the more angry he gets at his punchy bag <laughs> until he actually <laughs> busts it. It's a nice touch with the uh, black and white television. Yeah. It's always what's cool about this series. It's like, it looks like it could be set in the old time like 40s or 50s but then it has modern stuff with it too which but like it never it always blends together real nicely where you don't question it <laughs> i think that's such a cool aspect of batman's character where every year he goes yes. to visit the site of his parents murder and it's something that i wish i mean most batman stories do do it but 
I don't think not enough because I just love seeing that, especially when it's him going as Batman. I know mm-hmm. in the 89 movie where they do do that kind of, but he just goes as Bruce Wayne in the daylight, <laughs> just out, out in the open kind of. Or I think this is the reason why he became Batman because of his parents' murder, and he would go there as Batman. Yeah, the, I, like, I like that touch, actually. Like, they, I think they, like, talk about his parents' death a lot, but they don't actually have this whole... I like how they do it here where, like, you know, they don't explicitly say my parents were shot in the face on Crime Alley, but, yeah. like, <laughs> he, you know, you know why he's there. And, he, and like, the, the memorial is enough to kind of get the point across. It's a nice shot of the Batmobile. One thing I like about this episode is that, like, uh, it shows Batman tackling a lot of, like, you know, really kind of like you know street crime stuff mm. he's like like you said you said earlier he's not i mean he's still a superhero he's a crime fighter but in this episode he's doing anything that like you know ideally a cop could do but you know he's batman so he does it better yeah originally the pitch for this episode actually came from like the network executives kind of telling them that we want to have an episode that kind of shows like a day in the life of batman show like what one night of his uh, work would entail for him and we get to see that but kind of as uh, like the writers and producers were kind of getting that idea together they said oh we gotta have like a story behind it just can't be oh batman's out on patrol and then there's just these different crimes that he stopped so like yeah well let's a random day in the life of batman let's like throw a you know a dart at the calendar oh it's the day his parents died okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i like the scene here yeah good thing they harken back to that old comic there's no open crime alley to flesh yeah. this story out It's always really cool. I mean, like we, we probably say it's every episode, but it's always really cool to see everything dark and in silhouette. And yeah. Most of the characters are in shadow. That's where Batman looks as cool as. Yeah, exactly. This is my favorite like design of the character where he's like black with blue highlights. I was, when I was watching this episode for the commentary, I was wondering, where are the guy's guns? Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll stop you with this, this lamp. Yeah, this is where it definitely deviates from the comic story, where that was kind of like more a day in the a night in the life of Batman than this episode, where this one, this whole thing with Daggett trying to blow up those old apartments and in Crime Alley or Park Row. The funny thing about that comic is that, like, uh, uh, when he goes off to you know to, for the to meet Leslie Tompkins at the site of his parents' murder, Alfred says, "I wonder where he's going." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He has no idea what he's up to. Whereas in this episode, like he, he knows exactly where he's going, which I like. It doesn't make sense that Alfred wouldn't know. Yeah, and I love, too, that it's kind of the only thing that him and Leslie share. Like You would think maybe Alfred would go with him to his parents' site where he died, but then again, it might bring attention. Like, oh, why is Alfred Bruce Wayne's butler with Batman? But in this like story, it's like Leslie Tompkins is the one who was first there on the scene when his parents died, so it makes perfect sense why this would just be something that her and Batman would share just the two of them. Yeah, and I think that, like, when watching this episode again, I think for the first time, look, kind of looking at it from, like, you know, a, a perspective of, you know, I don't read the comics or I don't watch the show, it's kind of a, a twist ending at the end to realize that she knows who Batman is and knows what he's doing there. Like, I mean, the whole time he's saying, where is Leslie Tompkins? And you might, if you kind of tune into the show for the first time, you might not know why he's looking for her or what relationship they have. So, like, when you get to the end, spoilers... And you see that picture, it's like, oh, she was there the whole time. Yeah, that was another big difference from the comic, too, because I read the comic after I saw this episode. 
So I was kind of expecting where Leslie Tompkins would know who he is, but in that comic, she doesn't. Right. She was there when Bruce's parents died, and she was this kind of, she wants to try to make this neighborhood a safe place. And, but, and then Batman, I think in that story, he doesn't, he doesn't reveal his identity to her either. They just kind of leave it where um, she knows, like Batman knows what she's trying to do to help him. But she doesn't piece together that he was Bruce Wayne or not. So that kind of took me by surprise when I first read the actual comic that it was based on. I'm like, oh, she didn't know who he was and they didn't, he didn't reveal himself to her. Yeah, I think that's, I'm pretty sure that's like a uh, distinction between pre-crisis and post-crisis. Because I know in post-crisis, she definitely knew who he was. Yeah. But in, yeah, when she first appeared, she's like, oh, I saw a terrible thing once where like, a boy shot, saw his parents get shot down. Isn't that funny? He's like, yeah, yeah, that did happen, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> She's, she's she's very very. In fact, I'm not even sure what she does in the comics. Like in here, she's like social worker, which I think again kind of goes back to the post crisis version of Les Thompson. But there, she's kind of like you know a nice old lady who kind of just helps out uh, the unfortunate. Yeah, and I always like the idea too that she was good friends with Thomas Wayne, and they were both doctors. Yeah, that was real. I like that idea too. I like I like that connection to uh, the uh, his father. Since we're on the subject of Leslie Tompkins. Did you have a big reaction to the after the war game storyline where it was it was revealed that she let Stephanie Brown die and then Bruce and her oh. kind of had a big falling out? Oh, that was such terrible. I mean, I mean that was that was years ago. Like, and they've since like retcon like, oh, yeah. she secretly. But oh yeah, that was character assassination and like war games is, is like one of those stories I don't own because I don't like it. Mm-hmm. So I, I I did not like it as as you know the rest of the universe didn't. But uh, uh, what did you think? I, I was shocked when it did happen, but I was kind of thinking, you know, this could be some make some interesting stories down the line where she was such a trusted ally to Batman. It was pretty much like his, his mother, the way Alfred is like his father. So for them to have that big falling out, I was kind of curious to see where certain stories can go with that. But they never really did anything after that. Like I said, it all got retconned and amounted to nothing. So <laughs> I kind of think it was a wasted opportunity, really. It was one of those stories that like had such an immediate negative reaction that yeah. they re- really didn't want to like make anything of it. They kind of wanted to get away from it. I really like the scene <laughs> with, with the cop. This made me laugh like when I saw it again. Batman just casually walks out like, "Who's the hostage?" Okay, I'm going in. <laughs> Who's the guy? I think he's talking to exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's so like okay <laughs> he gets up really easily <laughs> you know it's interesting why does like why exactly does that guy have a sniper rifle if he already has a hostage right next to him <laughs> that's a good point yeah <laughs> maybe it's all he can find yeah he, he's like kind of looking around Where, where's a a weapon I can use yeah this is this is this is devious I think the issue also had Batman running into crime, but like it was sort of like on, he was walking down Crime Alley and you know ran into stuff. Whereas he's kind of all over the city in this episode. Yeah, and plus too, he's trying to keep that appointment, which I don't believe that was in the comic either, where he has that set time where he has to meet Leslie, and all this stuff keeps happening that gets him in the way. It really reminds me of uh, there's a Law and Order episode called Mayhem, where the cops are always like drawn in different places and have different things to do. And I like too later on where Batman has to stop that uh, runaway trolley. You just you see that frustration on him. He's like, perfect, <laughs> He's like, <"That's> perfect. <laughs> ah, come on. Hey, Bruce Tim, Erica Domsey, there's a, 
the producers of the show. This scene, yeah, I, I remember like when I first saw this uh, episode, or when I when I remember first seeing this episode because I was young. I remember like it was really surprised um, seeing like the body outlines in the in the photo album. That's a really awesome shot of Batman. Yeah, love this whole sequence too, where he's just looking for Leslie, but then he sees the like, newspapers on in her photo album on her desk and just starts remembering <laughs> pretty much why he became Batman. Yeah. This also reminds me of this. A lot of the stuff reminds me of uh, the '89 movie, like you said, uh, like roses on the sidewalk. And I think that that headline, like you know, uh, doctor and wife slain, son looks on, is like, similar to the 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 the, um, the banner headline in the movie. I'm actually pretty surprised too. They were able to show a picture of the chalk outlines of his parents' body. Yeah, that really surprised me. Like that, as I always, chalk chalk like chalk outlines legitimately creeped me out as a kid. So like I was I was always like really surprised that they had knowledge that the people have legitimately died here. Mm-hmm. Another thing I really loved about this episode too was the soundtrack for this episode. I mean, oh yes, probably one of my favorite episode scores out of the whole series. There's the theme, the music that I was playing while Bruce was looking at that photo album, and then later on at the end, at the last sequence, and then also too the theme that plays where he's like driving around in the Batmobile and just patrolling. Just has this. I don't know, like a good like a, an adventure theme. I don't know how to describe it. Just oh, yeah, it's, it's a little it's a little more. I don't. Want, I hesitate to say lighter. Yeah, but it's it's a bit more like uh, I don't know more of a thoughtful theme than usually is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when the second volume of the soundtracks got announced, I was like anxiously looking to see if this one was on there, and it was. I was like, yes. <laughs> I saw they were selling copies of the anime series soundtrack at San Diego Comic Con, but they were overpriced <laughs> as can be. <laughs> As much as I wanted to, I just couldn't. A man of vision with the will to execute his dreams. His dreams of destruction. I should also say that, like, uh, Roland Dagg is played by, is voiced by Ed Asner, who uh, is a pretty famous actor, but he also voiced J. Jonah Jameson on the 90s Spider-Man cartoon, Take a Shot. Also, did a great job with Granny Goodness. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. I almost forgot about that. Speaking of Spider-Man, this, this also reminded me of Spider-Man 2, but this did it first. Yeah. Batman didn't have to take off his but, mask in front of everybody. <laughs> I, I, li- I like that. I'm like, ah, oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Although, I, I love this sequence, because it's, it's like, I love the desperation of the sequence. Although, there's a lot of road for these you know simple streets but never mind that's another like you know batman 89 thing with the car grappling hook yep. and the lamppost there's a few of that in this episode but i believe it does the shields on it too yeah there's there's, there's yeah it's, it's, it's kind of deliver it How much of the uh, Arkham games have you played? Uh, the fir- I played the first two. Okay, I-, I know that you can switch the the skins, at least in the second one, to look like the animated series yeah. Batman. Can you? Are there is there are there any levels where you where you ride the Batmobile? No, unfortunately not. <laughs> I would say I would. I this is my favorite Batmobile, and I would really love to play it, play that. That would just. Oh man. I keep hoping that's going to be a new feature for when, whenever they make a new game. I don't think it's going to be part of Arkham Origins, but some 
portion of the game where you have to drive the Batmobile would be pretty cool. There was a place. This is off topic, but there's a PlayStation <laughs> game where uh, it was based off the animated series where yeah, you could basically right. like like drive around in the Batmobile and all the all the, uh, the Bat characters' uh, vehicles. I I like this a lot. It looks like it's really trying not to, you know. I like I like the fact that the the Batmobile spins kind of push up, and this part's pretty cool. I also like too how Batman got out. He was on the bus, but then he jumps back in. They're like, hey, "What are you doing? Don't go!" <laughs> Don't <leave us." laughs> like that'd be such a realistic response from people. <laughs> he sees the Batmobile like driving the opposite direction. <laughs> It's good too where they actually have it tap the car instead of just stopping just in the nick of time where it doesn't actually hit it. <laughs> yeah. Like most stuff does. Any of the people actually exclaiming in the background? Dick Tracy's in the background, looks like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there was a uh, comic book reference. I'm trying to remember. It was when he was talking to like the guy outside of Leslie Tompkins' apartment. And he said like the she was at the corner of Finger and Broom. Obviously, you know, Finger Bill Finger, co-creator yeah. Batman, but uh, John Broom is a uh, was a uh, DC Comics writer in the seventy or the, the Silver Age, I mean, who did on Flash and uh, Green Lantern. So that was kind of a neat reference. I mean, I imagine that was that was what I was referencing. Here's another one too. If you look at the name of the truck, it says Jay Olson. I think photography <laughs> or camera, something like that. Oh yeah, yeah right there. Photog Jay Olson sons. <laughs> That's nice. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in here. This this episode is packed full of different stuff from the yeah. movie to the comics to the to other franchises. <laughs> the producers even. <laughs> yeah, I know. The mailbox. They must have had writer's block. <laughs> I like this character Nitro, who's like this very stock, weaselly, old school kind of like, you know. It's funny that you say Weasley because the voice actor who does him does the the leader of the weasels in Roger Rabbit. <laughs> I swear I did not know that. <laughs> kind of has a very distinct voice. Yeah. Or when you it's watch a, it, like, yeah, that's definitely him. He, he has that kind of voice that makes you imagine he's always, like, yanking his collar, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With the round glasses and the bow tie. Like, even his hair looks really Dick Tracy. It looks like Chester Gould drew him. Yeah. <laughs> I like this. <laughs> That's awesome. They're saying, yeah. Don't leave us here. It's dangerous. And he traps them in there and takes off the wall. Uh, no, that's like really like brutal, but it's awesome for Batman. He's like, if I go and Leslie Tompkins go, you guys aren't escaping. You're going down. <laughs> the You're not smiling about this later. I remember Leslie Tompkins in the series uh, being very like disdainful for Batman. In this episode, she's not. But like another episode, she's like, oh, why can't you just stop? Which I was kind of, that did get on my nerves a bit, like uh, especially like during the Crime Doctor episode. Yeah, that was the one I was coming to my mind too. I remember when this episode first aired. Um, I didn't get to finish the ending. I had to go somewhere. <laughs> it was like only about halfway through. I kept thinking the whole day. Oh, I wonder what happened. How did this end? How did this end? It was like one of the first episodes where I couldn't finish all the way through. <laughs> I had to find out like late at night how it ended from a friend. Like then I had to take forever. Just to see it again on reruns.
even though the first names are different, I did kind of like how Dark Knight Rises had a character named Daggett in there. <laughs> yeah, I marked out when that happened, and I was actually really disappointed. I mean, it, I can't imagine that was a coincidence because that, no that movie way, had yeah. so much references, but... At the same time, you think, if they're using the name Daggett, why not just use the first name Roland? Exactly. It's basically, it's basically the same character. Yeah. When it says Mr. Daggett, I like about jumped out of my seat. That woman has her uh, microphone connected to a box that she's holding on her over her shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> this is old timey. <laughs> He's got a point. You must expect violence in Crime Alley. <laughs> <laughs> it's not called Crime Alley for nothing. I know Batman's mouth does not move when he's talking. Yeah. Right <laughs> He's the question. It's kind of one of the rare times in of all the episodes of Batman in any series where the villain actually kind of gets away with it. I mean, yeah, he captures those two, Daggett's two goons who are going to blow it up, but Daggett goes off scot-free. <laughs> I do think this is a, a little late on a bit thick. Like you know, oh, he won't, he won't go to jail. But I don't know. Like, like when I was a kid, I, I still like this episode still was kind of big on me in terms of like you know how politics work and how crime oh. works and stuff. Uh, one of my favorite favorite sequences out of the whole series, and probably my favorite like end scene out of any episode of Batman the Animated Series. I just love it. Yeah, here comes the twist. But this is like right out of the movie where like he does it. On the lamppost where they died. Not in the actual alley, but who cares? <laughs> I just love how she goes down to hug him and then it fades in to that old picture of her consoling Bruce as a young boy when his parents died. I'm just like, the perfect way to end it. Yeah, that was really, really nice. That was a nice little episode. Yeah. It, it was uh, more dramatic than, you know, intense or action heavy. They, they, do dramatic, they do drama very well on this show. Yeah, but at the same time, too, that's... When you when I think about this episode, it's like we said, it's more uh, dramatic in the story. But when you watch it, there are some pretty cool action sequences in there too, like the whole sequence with the Batmobile on the trolley and some other stuff. So oh, it kind yes. of, it's one of those ones that has everything for me. Oh yeah, that that, that, that was a solid episode. I, I would I would implore people to go see it. I would implore people to read the the Detective Comics four fifty seven comic that it's based off of, and then also see this episode and see which one they liked more. Or yeah, they enjoy both. I definitely oh. think it's one of the more underrated episodes because whenever I see or hear things about people's favorite episodes, I rarely hear this one brought up. So I, I kind of have to champion it. <laughs> <laughs> the sole defender on the internet. Yeah. Ho ho hopefully, hopefully this commentary will you know start a movement. So that that'll do us for this episode. This episode of Batman the Animated Series. Uh, be sure to check the website for more commentaries on the Batman Universe commentary podcast feed, as well as all the other podcast shows in terms of includes uh, including. Blah, blah, blah. including the comic cast, the usual uh, Batman Universe podcast, Batgirl Oracle, the Batfans podcast, and the Batman uh, Universe specials. So for this commentary, this is Donovan. This is Tim. And you've been listening to the Batman Universe Commentaries podcast. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Take care. This used to be a beautiful street. Good people lived here once. 
good people still live in Crime Alley.